Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues on American Family Radio for this Monday, June the 20th. Thanks for listening to AFR. Tim Wildman here with Ed Battagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson. Yes, good morning, Tim, and welcome back. Hey, good to be home. Um, Was away last week with uh, some of our supporters uh we went to williamsburg jamestown and yorktown and then on to washington dc and mount vernon for our spiritual heritage tours and just had a great time visiting with a lot of folks who uh pray for us and write us checks and and support what we do and so what what was the uh, weather like in dc um wasn't as hot as uh, south and midwest or was it earlier in the week we were in williamsburg it was 94 93 uh then I told everybody who were from the north, you bunch of wimps. <laughs> you know, come on, man, suck it up. It could be 103 out here. We, right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the weather was pleasant on Saturday. We went to Mount Vernon, 75, 77 oh, degrees. Nice. Uh, so, for the most part, very nice weather in our nation's capital in northern Virginia. But it is good to be back home to 100-degree <laughs> June sweltering heat here in uh Fred, do you, how much of the country is being affected by the, the heat wave? I think if you were get a map of the country in your mind, you take the three quarters, well, not quite on the West Coast, but you get into New Mexico, pretty well all the way across to the East Coast to the Atlantic. It's hot. And then up to the, in the Midwest as well. Yeah, we were t- uh, talking with Jan Markell in Minneapolis last week, and kind of we kind of thought we'd we always talk about the weather with Jan. Uh, for sure, you're, you know, 75, oh, no, 90s in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. So they've gone. Remember we talked to her just, what, a month ago? Yeah. She said we had snow yesterday, but it's up to 70 today. Mm-hmm. Last week, up in the 90s, too. So, Did you all see where the, uh, there were thousands of cattle that died in Kansas? Yes. 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 Because of the heat wave there yes. last week? Mm-hmm. I listen. I got some good news for us here, where our flagship station is, because they last week they were showing four or five straight days predicted of a hundred degrees every day here in Tupelo, Mississippi. Good news that has been changed. Uh, starting Wednesday, ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. We're saved. So it's it's we've, dropped we've dramatically. Escaped. We've escaped the. Uh, <laughs> With the heat index of. <laughs> uh, oh, so it, it is unusual that it's so early for that kind of temperatures here yeah. in June. Yeah. You just, I'm just, I'm just going to be curious to see uh, if uh, power grids go out. You know, if you have brownouts or blackouts or whatever We're you call it. talking about that already in Texas. Yeah. Because mm. of the stress that uh, this kind of thing puts on the uh, – on electricity. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the program, folks. And if you want to, Ed, if they want to watch on the internet, we, we weren't banned by YouTube or Facebook while I was away. Y'all didn't do something that. No, and I'm not sure if there's a connection there, Tim, but we were not banned while you uh, were away. So. Iver? <laughs> uh, Ivy? 
Mech Mech, there we go. Yeah. That, that can't get us banned. You said Ivy. I which said Ivy. The algorithms won't catch that. Right. All right. So, folks, if you do want to watch us do radio, you can. Technology allows for you to do that. Uh, you can go to Facebook or YouTube. Search for today's issues. Search for that. Search for it. Click through, and you can watch us do this radio program. You can. We do recommend that you download the AFR app. You can listen on your phone or other portable device Anywhere you have a good signal, if you would like to listen uh, at AFR.net on your computer, we do stream the audio live for all our programming. So go to AFR.net for that. Also at AFR.net, you can find podcasts of programs that you have missed, your favorite programs, even some of the ones you don't like all that much. You can catch up by <laughs> downloading the podcast. All right, Brad, what's happening? Well, from time to time over the last several months, we've named, uh, talked about a guy who goes by the name of Leah Thomas. He is the University of Pennsylvania swimmer who decided somewhere along the way over the last couple of years. He didn't like losing in the boys, so he thought he'd join the girls. <laughs> yeah, in fact, he was ranked 554th when he swam as a male. Right, which he is. Which he still is. 554th is what he was. That's what he was ranked, oh, wow. okay, in the 200 freestyle. Uh, and then he, he he decided he wanted to be a woman, so he, he wanted to be a winner. Changed his name from William to Leah Thomas. And, of course, he's been making news because a lot of people feel, well, it's mighty unfair to allow this guy. And he's, if you've seen pictures of him, he's a big, strong guy swimming against the girls. And there have been a lot of people complaining about that. Well, yesterday, the International Swimming Federation. Now, they go by the name of F-I-N-A, FINA. FINA. It's, it's French for it's all that's French. Federation yeah. International, whatever. Anyway, here's what they decided. They decided uh, that a, they announced a ban on biological men competing in women's events unless they had, quotation marks here, transitioned before the age of 12. In other words, unless they created symptoms starting way back when they were 12 years old to try to transition to being a woman. Uh, quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Then they're not going to be allowed to compete hey, uh, men against women. I'm, I'm kind of surprised at this, and I, I applaud too. them for doing this. And yes. quite frankly... Uh, so, so you have this one organization that oversees swimming internationally. Correct. And this was including probably the Olympics, I would mm -hmm. guess. And they saw the obvious, mm -hmm. and that is that if you're going to allow dudes who say they're girls to compete against the females, mm -hmm. it's going to ruin women's sports. Yes. At least our sport, the sport of swimming. And so we're not going to have it. So you're going to have to have, quote, transition before the age of 12, which who does that, right? I'm not, I mean, uh, that's before puberty. I mean, so I think this, in essence, Ed, this is common sense. This is practicality. This is uh, keeping the integrity of their sport. Yeah. Now, first of all, if I remember right, the International Olympic Committee kind of punted on this issue, and I think what they said was, the individual, the organizations that oversee the individual sports are the ones who are going to have to make the rulings. 
So this International Swimming Federation has made this ruling, and it clearly makes sense because, as you mentioned, 12 years old is roughly, you know, getting close to 12, 13, the start of puberty, when male and female bodies begin to change. And the complaint that has been made about people like Will Thomas is that they go through puberty, they get all the benefits of a male body that is shaped by the hormonal changes that begin to occur. So, you know, increased lung capacity, uh, increased uh, size of the heart and strength, muscles, bones, all of that begins during puberty. And then this guy, quote unquote, transitions while in college, the University of Pennsylvania. So he has all the benefits of male physiology competing against women. I've got to say that I this my suspicion is that what happened with this FINA organization again that's the that's the way it's spelled F I N A it's a French all that is French what they did was they began to hear from women athletes behind closed doors because very few women athletes want to complain publicly because they don't want to be they don't want to have their careers ruined going forward and they heard from a lot of people who said this is unfair you got to change it and this International Swimming Federation did. I, 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 I am pessimistic that they will hold to it because the pressure that is about to be unleashed against them is going to be horrific, and most people just don't have the stomach for where it. Do, where, does the pressure, where does the pressure come from when the LGBTQ uh, movement uh, unleashes, as you say, against, well, against an organization like this or a company or a politician? Where does I, it come from? It's going to come from everywhere. It'll come from politicians who will speak out against it. It'll come from activists. It'll come from corporations who will complain about it. It'll come from the media who will care, who will mischaracterize this organization as a bunch of bigots and not following the science. I, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, say that they're going to hold to this. You will. I hope they do. Yeah, but the reason is I think that they already uh, factored in all what you just said and said, listen, we're going to get slammed by a lot of people for this decision, but but we really don't have any choice if we're going to maintain any respect and integrity for our sport, that is swimming. Uh, so I, th I think you – know, I hope so. Ahead. They yeah. made this decision based on biology. So what happens if they – somebody go, the Biden administration may go to court. Because last week, Biden signed executive order like to crack down on conversion therapy. Right. And he went at states such as Florida and other states that have brought in laws with regards to transsexuals competing in, in women's sports. And so he went at them as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. But how do you go to court to fight a decision based on biology? I, I mean... What there is there Listen, any is there a law that they could use that's that says no you must it, allow these people to swim regardless of when they decided in quotation marks to change yeah. sex. Uh, that's that's a loser issue for Biden if he if his administration wants to take this up and champion the rights of dudes to dunk on women, uh, then go right ahead, my friend. Uh, but that's not – I'm not saying that the, the people that are in the Biden administration aren't fully committed to uh, the transgendered movement in all its forms. I'm just saying that it's not – it's a loser. It's kind of like uh, 
Biden fighting for face masks back on airplanes. Right. Huh? Mm. Just uh, the vast majority of people in this country either A, aren't interested, or B, say that's uh, that's uh, nuts. So just just Even if they're Democrats, they're probably going, Biden, just shut up on this, okay? Right. Just let's move on. Uh, and by the way, we have economic, we're in an economic free fall. Yes. Uh, right. Right now that that does affect every single American and most people. This is what Hillary Clinton said over the weekend. If you didn't. Yes. Uh, I follow Hillary Clinton closely. I get her tweets. <laughs> uh, I read her books. I, uh, she is just somebody, you know, uh, so obviously I'm kidding. But uh, I did see where she was. Uh, I don't know if she was the one who initiated this conversation or she agreed with the person interviewing her. But she was saying that the Democrats need to quit focusing so much on these culture or issues like the transgender movement that uh, we're lo- basically she's saying we're going to lose on this in, in the elections. Uh, yeah, and she fall. said, meanwhile, we're facing the extinction of our democracy. Democrat, our democracy. So we need to stop. Well, she may be right about that, but I think we're coming at it from uh, completely different yes. uh, uh, perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Next story, Fred. Yeah, well, you know, you just mentioned a moment ago that uh, the big issue probably is going to be, at least on the minds of the electorate coming up this fall, is going to be the economy and where we are with all of this. Well, uh, if you've been listening to the White House, they blame Vladimir Putin. Uh, it's Putin's price increases at the pump. Biden said that the other day. He said, it's amazing <laughs> what Vladimir Putin has done to our economy. He said that? Yeah, he said it. Just almost just like I just said it. What yeah. he's doing. So we we all know what's happening. The reality of when you fill up your tank and how much it costs you and all that sort of thing. And of course, uh, the Federal Reserve uh, last week raised that uh, prime rate up 075 percent. Quite a huge jump. So the talk is now of a recession. All right, which is why you've seen the Dow Jones going down. But you know what? There's very interesting. Uh, Biden White House officials, Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary. Uh, I still can't get over that name. Janet Yellen? Yeah, Yellen about price yes. increases. Yellen about, you know, yelling. <laughs> about the way you, you, you parked. Oh, I'm thinking about Karen's. Okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, Janet, Karen's, Ye- Janet Yellen. Karen's Yellen. You're going to hear the voice of Janet Yellen, Brian Deese, who is a Biden economic advisor, and Jennifer Grenholm, who is the energy secretary. Uh-huh all now singing from the same hymn book, they're saying recession is not inevitable. We're not going to go there. Are we about to hear this collage of geniuses? You're going to hear it. Cut number five. Chair Powell has said that his goal is to bring inflation down while maintaining a strong labor market. Um, That's going to take skill and luck, but um, I believe it's possible. I don't think a recession is inevitable. Not only is a recession not inevitable, but what we as policymakers can do is take steps to build on our unique strengths in the American economy and try to get to that that stable and steady growth that we all want to get to as quickly as possible. Inflation obviously is happening globally. A recession is not inevitable. The president really wants to have a steady and stable recovery. But of course, one of the biggest pieces of these inflationary increases that we're seeing is the price of fuel. Isn't it amazing? The same script. Yeah, yeah. They all got the talking points memo right there. Uh, Yellen is, is she, what? What is she at the Fed? She's, well, she's, she's, she's Secretary, Secretary Treasury, Treasury, and the Fed chairman oh, she's Secretary, is uh, Jay Powell. But she was at the Federal Reserve, right? Wasn't she? Uh, Yellen. Uh, I think 
I think you're right. I think she was fed. Yeah, mm. yeah. Fed we, we, I think she was fed chairman maybe when Trump was president or at least a couple of years ago. So they just uh, play musical chairs there. Yeah. With the Secretary of Treasury and uh, Federal Reserve. So, uh, yes, she was. Uh, she served as uh, chair chairperson of the Federal Reserve from 2014 to 2018. Uh, listen, I, I don't follow that world very closely. Talk about that world. I'm talking about the economic, uh, investment, Fed world, like some people do. Right. Like, you, you, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> while I'm while I'm reading the back, of, while I'm reading the back of uh, right. my uh, right. Captain Crunch cereal box, <laughs> right. I've also got you right. know the reports from sure. The, you're, from you're following the, the trend. you're following the worldwide economic trends, Absolutely. aren't you? Yes. <laughs> uh, but I just say this. Uh, uh, I don't have any confidence in these people. They're, they, you know what they're saying. You know, you know, you know the little uh, balloon, the little comic balloon out beside somebody's head in a comic strip where yeah. it says what they're really thinking. Yes. Uh, the, the, as Yellen's talking right there, she uh, the balloon out there says, "Your guess is as good as mine." <laughs> That's, That's what right. she's saying. And meanwhile, I'm I'm storing up uh, food in my underground shelter. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, because. Um, what what are they gonna say? Yeah, it's time to panic, people. Well, that because that that could actually throw the market into. That's a what recession. I'm saying. So yeah. they're not gonna say anything like that. They're not gonna say anything, but uh, try to put the best positive spin on Biden's economy in the face of facts that are terrible, uh, in that that you know that are coming out. Uh, you know, uh, whether we're gonna be able to turn this around or not. It, it doesn't appear to me like it's going to happen anytime soon because w- what is a recession exactly? Does anybody know? I think uh, it's two consecutive quarters of uh, a downturn gro- and yeah, negative growth. Negative like growth. The yes. Negative it's, growth. And it's a certain number of quarters. In and, and it's happening. Uh, it's happening because there are two areas where the American people now are spending less money. They can't spend. They don't have money to spend. Groceries and fuel, all of those sorts of things. And so the economy is beginning to, well, people say, I don't have the money. I don't have the money to travel. You right. saw all the flights being canceled. Y'all think this is being done on purpose? No, I, I don't. No. I, listen, I know that, I know people are listening right now saying, well, you're just naive, Vitagliano. I know there's a lot of conspiracies out there. And the, the thing about a conspiracy is you don't really know about it because there's people conspiring in a darkened room somewhere, but I don't think I think the energy stuff is being done on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think now I think that is part of the Green New Deal. That's part of their strategy. Mm-hmm. As as the president himself said, we're just going through a transition. It's hard right now when we get th- that. I think is being done on purpose. Okay, but in terms of uh, the uh, the shock waves to the economy and the possibility of a recession, I don't think that that's part of the playbook because that gets you dumped out of power i think yeah but the two things you just mentioned there are interrelated they are it's interrelated or related uh, i don't know well they are related maybe those words are interchangeable yes <laughs> see what i did there yes okay uh <clears throat> the yes biden promised during the campaign to 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 go after the oil and gas industry, right, and Coal. to shut down fossil fuels. Yes, 
So this, he bragged about that. He said, you can count on me. That's what he's doing. Right. And that inevitably causes prices to go up because even if you wanted to, you can't convert overnight or right. even in a matter of a year from fossil fuels to, you know, windmills right. and, and charging your car up. Right. Okay. You just can't do that. But now you said in one of our meetings yeah. this morning that the problem for these leftists is they don't live in the real world. No. So they, they, they seemingly don't understand that when you start down this road with the energy trying to convert us, listen, that they're going to destroy the economy. The, the progressive, I put that in quotes as Abe calls them regressive, the progressive economic, uh, plans of man doesn't work. Right. <laughs> okay. Not in the real world. It, it, it doesn't work. In a free enterprise, capitalistic society where people are used to having the highest standard of living in the whole world, okay? And I don't care how, even the people out there who are pagans, they like their money. Right. Okay? They like gas. They like cars. They, they like, like food. They like vacations. They like vacations. Yeah. So they see their... their um, they see the economy going south. Quite frankly, that's another issue I could deal with. Uh, <laughs> going south. I, I, as a southerner, I get tired of everything <laughs> negative being called, quote, going south. Uh, I, I think we need to change that. Right. I, I get triggered. Yes. You know, by the, I think going east every once in a while. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The economy's going east. Yes. Why don't we use that? Right. No, uh -huh. I understand. You understand that? Uh, but I, I just don't. Uh, so. The, they're going to get my prediction, and I'm not the first. They're going to get wiped out in November, wiped out the Democrats in the House of Representatives in particular. All they need to do is lose the Senate, fifty-two forty-eight. And that's a couple of, couple of votes, and Biden's not going to be able to get all these whacked out uh, lefty judges through. He he will be shut down completely from doing anything uh, effectual. Right. Uh, so. Uh, so, so the, the to back to the original question is the economic uh, downturn being done on purpose for some ulterior reason, and the Democrats are willing to sacrifice short-term what they view as short-term political power in the name of a long-term goal of uh, a progressive utopia. Yeah, let, coming along. Let, let me let me just say that. Um, I, part of the problem is, and we did talk about this in a, in, a, in a meeting this morning, is that for the short time that Democrats get into power, you can do a lot of damage and you can make a lot of changes to rules and regulations that outlast you being in office. You know, one of the things that I read over the weekend, you know, you've had these high profile Democrats saying, look, why don't you just buy an electric vehicle? Everyone just needs to buy an electric vehicle. Well, I read over the weekend that everyone in the country did that, went out today and bought an electrical vehicle, it would topple the power grid. Our power grid cannot handle charging millions of electric vehicles. So even if we followed their advice, it would destroy the economy. And I will say this, I, I don't know whether it's being done on purpose, but I, I think that there are an awful lot of radical Democrats who think Ven turning us into Venezuela 
is a good way to change this country and reform it once it collapses into something that they... Part of the Great Reset, as yeah. they call it. I, there, well, there's so something I, to that. I, yeah, I agree. Uh, but <clears throat> meanwhile, at the gas pump, right? Uh, you're talking double what it was when uh, President Trump was in mm-hmm. office, and the Biden administration can blame Putin or whoever they want to. The fact is, when you're the head... When you're the quarterback, it doesn't matter. You get the blame uh, for your team's uh, losing streak. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Our 2023 Holy Land Tour is planned. All you need to do is go to twholyland.com, twholyland.com for the cost, the itinerary, all the information you need to know about our upcoming tour, a bucket list for many people listening to me right now. I'll be going with my wife, Allison, and my sons, Wesley and Walker. That's the plan to take a group of folks to the Holy Land in March 2023. We will be leading the tour and we'll all be talking to one another and to you in King James English. So we're <clears throat> that's going to be an unusual tour. I understand that, but I think you will appreciate us uh, speaking the language of the Bible. So for more information on our 2023 Holy Land tour, go to twholyland.com, twholyland.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. You can add bird watching to the latest list of all things racist and symbolic of white supremacy. The Washington Post published an expansive report on the racist legacy of the Audubon Society and the birding community at large. They say some birds are named after former slave owners and white supremacists. Corinna Newsom is a black ornithologist, and her life's mission is to break down racial barriers and defeat racism in the birding community. The National Audubon Society is also facing the wrath of the cancel culture crowd ruffling feathers because the founder owned slaves. John James Audubon has been dead for 170 years, so it's unclear why this has suddenly become an issue. Miss Newsom says she was troubled because she once had to wear a work shirt that bore Audubon's name. You know, it sounds to me like the Audubon Society is dealing with an infestation of dodo birds, loons, and bird brains. I'm Todd Stearns. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, 
would be for the praise of His glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. All right, welcome back to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim Wildman with Abby Tagliano and Fred Jackson. Thanks for listening to American Family Radio. Should you want to send us an email, uh, the address is comments at AFR.net. Comments at AFR.net is the email address. And uh, we welcome you back to today's issues. That's the name of this show on June 20th. Today is June 20th. Hard to believe, guys. We're almost halfway through with 2022 i know yep. mm-hmm. huh and it's just been a just been a great year <laughs> just, you know you thought 2020 you know we, we got out of the covid thing breathe a sigh of relief right we're back to normal and then this year hit uh, with all the inflation and the high you prices. know i'm still seeing probably two out of a hundred of our fellow americans out there Walking around outside with mask on. And I'm just wondering, I guess they're never going to get, maybe it's, they just feel like it's putting on their underwear now. Huh? I mean, well, it's, I it's just a part of routine every day. It's the only explanation I have for why somebody wears a mask uh, outdoors. And many of them, they'll they'll pull it below their nose. Where, well, we, we know somebody who, who – uh, and just took a COVID test and has COVID. So COVID's still out there. So I'm, I'm guessing yes, those COVID's, people are still, are well, still afraid of getting it. COVID is still out there and will be out there for a long, long time, but it's not killing people. Right. It's not, uh, it's not going to the lungs. I had a, I had a it's doctor's like a appointment or, last week yeah. and in the doctor's office, you had to wear a mask. So that's, that's that it's still, it's still a thing for a small I know, percentage. I know. Okay. But inside. I yeah, that's true. Inside, okay. Uh, go ahead, wear wear your mask if you want. If that makes you feel better. But outside, where there's zero point zero zero chance of you getting COVID, and right. you're walking down the street in your mask, I don't, I don't know if you can help those people. Well, Steve, uh, listen, Steve Jordahl, who will be on yeah. the next in the next segment, he showed me a video uh, this this morning in our story meeting um, of a guy at this at the in at the ocean in his uh uh scuba scuba gear he was wearing a mask and putting his you don't think that was staged i don't i Come don't on. know who does that <laughs> i don't know but huh? he showed me the, it was on video tim it can't be a lie <laughs> on internet video yeah, on internet video Internet but video. he was wearing a mask, putting his mask his mask on, and his snorkel. Yeah. He put his snorkel under the mask. Maybe that was. I didn't think about that. Maybe that was just making fun of it. By the way, the president uh, had a bike accident uh, two or three days ago, didn't he, Fred? Yeah, it's on the weekend. He cycles. Is that what you call it? Yeah. He's a bicyclist. He cycles back. <laughs> That's good, Ed. He saw, well, he well the, yeah, the video that we saw riding along with his bike and his entourage behind him, and uh, the story goes this way, is that he stopped to talk to, I don't know, a reporter, whatever the case may be, and his foot 
got caught. You know, some of the bicycles, they have a, kind of a strap over yeah. you. You stick your foot, yeah. kind of like a stirrup. Right. And his foot got caught in there. And so when it leaned, he couldn't brace himself, and he fell over. That's the story mm-hmm. from the White House. Well, he did it in front of everybody, right? Just oh, right. oh, it happened. There's no question about that. But uh, they're good yeah. at making excuses. Yeah, well, you talk about just uh, a, a metaphor for a presidency. <laughs> Huh? Uh, that yeah. just huh? <laughs> the, the, here's the white. Here's the Biden presidency in 20 seconds. You know, it, it's like Gerald Ford. Remember when he stumbled getting off yes. of a plane? Yes. Now, the guy yes. was a football college athlete and, and stuff right. like that. But right. it was just one of those things. And then Saturday Night Live. That's all they would do when they would have. Right. I think Chevy right. Chase, Chevy Chase played, yeah. and he would stumble and fall as if. Gerald Ford was a goofball, and so it did become kind of like the symbol for his presidency. And, but but uh, but Biden was okay. He oh did, yeah, he, he didn't seriously yeah. injure himself or anything. Though. And and that's listen, that kind of thing can happen. Oh yeah, to anybody. But but, but it happens to the guy. I know who, whose presidency is stumbling. Yeah. Huh. Well, and he stumbled going up the stairs of Air Force One last week. Right. Yeah. Uh, if this was happening to a Republican president. Oh, my word. The media would be all over this. Yeah. We just know it. Hey, you guys were talking about COVID. And, and we can't get enough. Can't get enough. <laughs> Do you remember, said. remember when all of this started? One of the things that came out was from the medical experts in quotation marks was, hey, the young kids don't have to worry about this. They're not vulnerable. Right. Right. Well, why is it that last week the FDA approved a vaccine that they're not going to give to six-month-olds. Why? Well, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, just all excited about this last week. They're, they're you're saying, kidding. I'm not kidding. For six-month-olds. So what you're going to hear is Rochelle Walensky, the uh. CDC Director, followed by Dr. Marty McCary of John Hopkins University saying, this is, no, this is wrong. Cut number four. COVID-19 vaccines are now available for children under five. Nearly 20 million children are now able to get vaccinated. We now know, based on rigorous scientific review, that the vaccines available here in the United States can be used safely and effectively in children under five. The FDA and CDC authorized vaccines for young kids based on very flimsy data. The review may have been rigorous, but the underlying data set was extremely uh, uh, flimsy. If you look at the confidence interval in that study, which is our statistic to know whether or not there's statistical significance, that confidence interval was so low, there was no statistical significance. There were no cases of severe disease, neither the vaccinated or the unvaccinated kids, and the only hospitalization was in a kid who was vaccinated. So why are they doing this? So the CDC, mm-hmm. who's long since lost respect mm-hmm. for a lot of Americans, mm-hmm. CDC, they used to be vaunted, right? The, C- the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta. Remember that? Right. Oh, yeah. If they said something, it was like uh, Mount Sinai. Right. Right. Something coming down from the, the true word coming down from the medical experts, uh, scientists on high. And people of all political persuasions listened to what the CDC said. Well, that's gone. Their reputations, their reputation has been uh, <clears throat> going down for a long time now with a lot of the things that they've done. 
they were advocating people wear masks on planes to avoid the monkey pox two or three weeks ago. You remember that? Yeah. You remember that? I'm yeah. going, come on. You guys, you need to be building back up your credibility, not ripping it down even more. Uh, but to, to say shoot your kids up with a, uh, five and under, don't even get COVID. And if they do, they're well. If maybe they do get it, but they're not affected at all. That's, that, that's, that's what this gentleman was saying. Yeah, and that's been true since the pandemic started. And this guy that you heard there, he's from John Hopkins University, medical doctor from John Hopkins University, highly respected. Right. He wor- used the word flimsy about three times. Yeah. In that so why would the CDC be recommending that? Is there money involved here? Is there is the CDC? Uh, well, these pharmaceutical companies get paid for their vaccine. I mean, right. So maybe so, they've created this vaccine, which nobody needs. Well, the it, children I'm talking about. Well, the CDC and the Fauci's and Walensky's of the country, the, their whole approach, and we, we've talked about this countless times, their whole approach to COVID has been mask up, get vaccinated. So we, we've talked about the fact that we can't say the I word or the H word, okay, because then we get blocked. And I'm talking about, yes, those two drugs, IV and then Mectin, okay, and uh, Hydrox cookies. Stop right there. Hydrox Uh, cookies, cookies. you know. And so we can't say those. You can't talk about preventative measures. You can't talk about health or any of those kind of things. All you can say is mask up and get vaccinated. So they have to double down. They have to continue that charade. Yeah. People aren't buying it anymore. But, but you anyway, know, go ahead. We, we, you know, we've gone now now for two years. And we know of cases of complications from these. So from you, what? From the vaccines? vaccines? From the vaccines. Oh, yeah. All right. So you have Dr. Marty McCary of John Hopkins University saying the research is flimsy. How many parents are going to take the risk of giving their little uh, precious uh, three- and four-year-olds the vaccine? How many parents are going to know that it's flimsy? Uh, it's almost zero. They're not, they're not going to be told that it's Are flimsy. they going to make a condition to put your kid back in school? Walensky here, Ro- Rochelle, right? That's yes. the first name, Rochelle Rochelle? Yeah. Okay, she she's say, she's touting the efficacy yes. and and the research. That's all parents are going to be told. They're not going to be told. Safe and this, effective, safe and effective. This gentleman effective. from Johns Hopkins, uh, no one's going to be told that. I mean, our listeners are because we played it. But Yeah, I just don't think, I think tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of parents are going to get their five and under kids shot up with a, a vaccine that we don't even know what the long-term effects are going to be to prevent something that's not affecting children at all, period. Our, our schools, uh, Fred, this is, you may not know the answer to this because we haven't been neck deep in COVID stories here for a while, but are blue states requiring that kids in school be have uh, COVID vaccines in order to go like they would for <laughs> diphtheria and you know, mumps and everything else? I don't think we're there yet. They tried that in California, if I can answer for Fred. Okay. And it didn't work, so they dropped it. Okay. Yeah, there were, you know, we went through the mask mandate for yes. kids, all of that sort of thing, and that has kind of petered out. I, I dare, I, maybe I'm hoping. I hope it never gets to the point where 
Mom and Dad, you're going to be told if you want your Johnny or Jane to go to school, it's got to be vaccinated. Because I got to believe that 60 to 70% of parents are going to say no to that. Yes. They're going to say no. And I'm not sure that public schools can take any more uh, controversy. They already got enough controversy with critical race theory and transgender nonsense. Okay. Can they withstand the criticism that's going to come if they were to mandate that? Mm. I, I, you know, that's not going to happen in red state, states. No, I'll right. tell you that right now. Maybe some blue states will tolerate that. Next story, Fred. All right. Well, uh, tomorrow, the United States Supreme Court is scheduled to issue some more rulings. Of course, uh, we're waiting for Roe v. Wade. We're waiting for uh, Coach Kennedy decisions. Roe v. Wade is the absolutely that's big That's the Dobbs one. case. Yeah. So... But we don't want we're six weeks now since the leak occurred out of the Supreme Court. May 2nd. That said Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. And we know what has happened since then. Protests outside of some of the justices' homes. We had the Kavanaugh threatened on his life right. just in the last two Assassination weeks. Assassination attempt. Over the weekend, there was a new group called Rise Up for Abortion Rights. They went to the home of Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. And we cannot describe the clothing they had on depicting certain things. And they had toy dolls in their hands, which they proceeded to apparently leave on the sidewalk or the lawn outside of Amy Coney Barrett's house. Now, here's the thing. We also know there is a law in this country that says you're not allowed to do these kinds of things to intimidate a judge. Right. Nobody's debating that that is a law. What is puzzling and disturbing, we have a United States Attorney General and his Justice Department that are looking the other way. These protests outside these justice homes are continuing, and they're doing nothing about it. Uh, This morning, Utah Senator Mike Lee was asked about this. What is going on here? Why does the United States not do something about this? Cut number six. The Justice Department has turned a blind eye to blatant violations of 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, the provision that prohibits people from showing up at the home of a Supreme Court justice to protest. And by not condemning those, by not prosecuting them, the Biden administration is propelling this and legitimizing the attacks. And on top of that, you have this... I'm not sure if it's a group or at least groups uh, signing off Jane's Revenge right. that have been doing violence at pregnancy centers. Those are pro-life pregnancy centers and other locations. Issuing a, a, a warning last week, and I'm just going to read a little bit. From here forward, any anti-choice group, in other words, pro-life group, who closes their doors and stops operating will no longer be a target. But until you do... It's open season, and we know where your operations are. The infrastructure of the enslavers will not survive. We will never stop, back down, slow down, or, and on it goes. This is all happening. Intimidation, this kind of protest, the violence by this group known as Jane's Revenge, and the Justice Department is doing nothing about it. They should declare Jane's Revenge to be a domestic terrorist group. They've already firebombed a number of uh, these uh, pregnancy centers, the pro-life pregnancy centers. They have threatened to continue doing it. Yes. 
They should be declared a uh, domestic terrorist group, and the um, uh, Department of Justice should open up a part of one of their departments to go after them, find out who they are, where they've posted these things, this manifesto. Just as a practical matter, I wonder, these these neighborhoods where the Supreme Court justices live, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know Governor Yunkin in – Virginia said he's going to do something to protect them, to provide security for them, mm-hmm. those who live in Virginia. But I mean, I, these are these are uh, streets that have private residences on them. You have to get permits to uh, have a parade, for example, or a public event. Uh, you have to do that. Every city and state across America, and, and and I just don't understand how these people are being allowed to sit outside on a on a on a residential street, and you know, and protest in, uh, the uh, at the Supreme Court justices' home. Well, you, I think you're generally you're allowed generally now not in front of judges or justices, as Fred said, but in general you're allowed to be on the public sidewalk. I don't think you're allowed to block traffic if that's what they're doing. Right. You are allowed to be on public sidewalks to protest. That's that's what people do who uh, picket or offer counseling in front of abortion clinics do. They say, look, we're on the sidewalks. But you're not allowed to do what they're doing here in these case, cases in front of the uh, conservative Supreme Court justices because you are doing it for the express purpose of influencing right. their decision. Right. or intimidating them into changing their decision, that is clearly illegal. These people ought to be arrested and removed. So it's the job of the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, to enforce the law. The fe- Since it's a the federal, federal statute. Right. Huh? Yeah, I mean, he's not doing that. It's what you're saying. Well, he's not doing that, and I, I think another. Do we fact, know that. Do we know that for a fact? He's not. Well, doing he's that? allowing the he's allowing the protests. Why does it start May second? May second was the release of the the leak. The leak. When All was right. Kavanaugh? When did they catch the guy who was going to kill him and his family? Two weeks. That ago. That was just two weeks ago. Yes, in the yeah. last two weeks. And he got right up to their home, right? Yes. Yes. Right out in front of their house with weapons. He was ready to do it. And zip ties. Yeah. This guy was planning on either kidnapping them or uh, strapping them up and terrorizing yep. them <laughs> before that story before was like a, them. that story was like a blip in the news. That was my point. The reason why the Justice Department's not getting pressure from the media. Right. Had that been a uh, a liberal justice, oh. it would have been uh, like we got to have January 6th type hearings again. Yes. It, had that been a conservative whack job that was going to kill Justice Sotomayor at her home, then that would have been, that we'd still be hearing about it. Yep. And right? there'd be arrests all over the country. Yes. Anybody who knew the guy. Uh-huh. But because it was a conservative justice, you can get away with uh, a the, the, the liberal media is not going to put that on the front page, uh, so to speak, because it makes the it makes the liberal cause, the progressive cause, uh, look bad. Yes. Yeah, I I, I think they're in favor. I think I think the mainstream media they're in favor of intimidating yeah. justices so that they change. Right. The as ruling. long as it's a conservative judge, you right. can try to intimidate. Yes. Yes. Um, but last week, these same media outlets running hours of this January 6th commission. 
hours of it. Where <laughs> even Fox News had it on, didn't they? Oh yeah, Fox News ran uh, afternoons. It was on for two January or three 6th hours. January sixth committee. Yes, of course we had that. What's Thursday night? We go Thursday night. Captivating TV. Yes, there. <laughs> a- ABC producer produced yeah. this, and as Sandy has pointed out in her program, they edited Donald Trump's remarks on that January sixth to leave out that he said clearly to that crowd, "March peacefully." Up to Capitol Hill, they left that out. They cut that out. This well, they've is, been they've been doing that for a while. This is cutting a, that out. This is a circus. It's what it is. Liz Cheney ought to be ashamed of herself being a uh, part of that, huh? She's got a chance. There's a chance she could she could lose in her yeah. primary, right? Yeah. Because but, of this. And the Demo- you know, if I was if I was Liz Cheney for a second, I I kind of would well, figure you'd be out, off this show if you. Were. I'd be off this. <laughs> I would kind of figure out I'm being used. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm being used by these Democrats. Do you think they care about Liz Cheney's future? No. And how long is this going to go on? I thought that their their TV show the other day was a culmination of their January 6th committee hearings and that that was going to be the end of it. And then they, they, was that halftime? What was that? This is going to continue. And then... They're going to have the icing on the cake, as far as the Democrats are concerned, a big report that comes out in September, they say. Oh, you're yes. kidding. You're, you're, we we got to wait till September to have the big report? Tim, there's an election November. The big report, I'm just telling you, the big report's already been written. Oh, of course it has. Yes, it's already been written. Yes. Uh, how many can they, are they going to call the, who are they going to call as witnesses now? I mean, what more? I, I guess I'm saying is, whatever side of this you are on, what what more is there to be said? Okay, we had a um, a a. I would. It's not an insurrection, but it's not also a picnic. No. What would you call that? We had a riot. Yeah, I think I think riot is a is a good way of of putting it. There, there I, I I will say. There are some some of those scenes with the with the uh, with the kind of pushing and shoving against the Capitol Police. Not all of it was like that. That it w- was clearly bordering on. I, I think riot is fair. And it, the reason I say it wasn't an insurrection, I guess that's a, a word. It would depend on if you if the Democrats want to call it an insurrection because it serves their purposes and it conjures up uh, a coup type situation where people are trying to overthrow the government uh, outright. Mm-hmm. When the reason I don't call it an insurrection, there were no weapons there. Nope. Okay, usually you hear the expression, quote, armed insurrection, mm-hmm. because people have arms. If people, in, if people on January 6th had intended to cause complete mayhem and a coup and insurrection, there would have been an organized effort, everybody bring your guns. So we can take down the Capitol. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That That's an insurrection. What happened on January 6th was people uh, people who were at a fever pitch emotionally got carried away, and they went into the, the Capitol, some of them, I guess hundreds of them. Yeah. And maybe some of them didn't even know they weren't, quote, supposed to go in there. But still, uh, they got carried away. But when they went in there, they they're carrying around uh, flagpoles. They're they're taking selfies. They're they're not in there 
killing uh, Capitol Police and 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 hunting down people to uh, to take over the government. You, you see what I'm yeah. saying? The 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 left wing uh, description of this, though, I will say I, I will say this. I'm not sticking up for the left wing characterization of it. Their argument is that it was a free and fair and legitimate election and President Trump stirred them up to go down there and to stop that from being certified. In other words, to overturn the result of well, a free, fair part of that's true. election. Part, yeah. of that, part of that is true. Yeah. He did, he did say go down there peacefully when he was at, but he did whip them up into a frenzy. Yeah. So, and his so, view was that the election was illegitimate. Yeah. And and it well, he wanted be Mike Pence to decertify, right. or, or is that what he is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. To he not wanted, certify wanted, the election. He wanted Mike Pence, the vice president, to re- refuse to act in his ceremonial role. Is what yes. I to uh, to count the electors. True. Right. That was what came between Pence and that's and, that's the accusation is that that those people were there not to overthrow the Constitution but to overturn the results of an election. Now, folks, I'm, I'm not even getting into whether it was free, fair, or any of those questions. That The accusation is that that's what those people were okay, there to do. Those people are responsible for their own actions, and, and it, the, how they've been treated is horrible. The ones who are being kept in prison without a trial, even today. Yes. And Sandy Rios has documented this well in her right. show. Okay. But I'm just saying that... Um, uh, we know everything we need to know and have known everything we need to know. There's no reason for this January 6th committee to keep going on and on and on and on. And telling me September, we got July and August. They're going to keep having hearings, Fred? Hearings and then a big report. Yeah, I think I think it's they're trying to distract people from what they're paying at the grocery well, store. Well, guess what? Pump. It's not working. No, no. it's not. No, it's not. Huh? It's so not they, gonna they the need polls another, show that. Right. They need to circle back with something else. Yes. <laughs> All right, we shall return momentarily. That is after the news with more of today's issues. I'm Tim with Ed and Fred. We'll see you back here in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.